Hello and welcome to the Sanctuary, a safe space to speak from the heart. I'm your host Israel and my guest today is Jesse Benjamin, someone that lifts really, really, really heavy weights and she's a business owner. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw your Instagram and I'm like, you know, you don't look like someone that should be able to carry the weights you do. <laughs> and then like you lift this really really heavy weight so how did it start for you um i started my fitness journey well i restarted it i guess about six years ago i was always active when i was younger and i was an athlete um but then i lost it for a while like once i started my career once i started having got married had kids you know did all these things then um I lost it for probably about seven years. I was really inactive, mm. but uh, then I sort of hit a point in my life where I realized I wasn't taking care of myself. I was putting everybody else before me, uh, you know, taking care of my family and neglecting myself. So I started working out again. That was sort of the first step that I took in uh, starting to take care of myself again. And like when you went back to, you know, taking care of yourself, how, like, what did you start with and how did you build to all these heavy things you carry? I started at home. Um, at that time, my son was, I think, a year and a half old, my youngest. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I just started at home. I just started doing videos, like exercise videos at home. And I started, my goal was three workouts a week, third, like 30 minute workouts. So that's what I started with. Wow. So like it was it more cardio or was any weights involved when you started? Um, I had a few like I had a few little hand weights at home. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was okay. a combination. Yeah. Okay. So how long would you say it took from like the cardio and, and hand and you know hand weights till like you know, squatting, I don't know, two, three, three huge things. So um, I did, I think it was about six months, I did exclusively home workouts. And then um, I actually got a divorce at that time. So uh, then my kids started going uh, to their dad's house. So I had a little bit more time, like we were splitting custody. And so then I joined the gym. And, oh. when, I joined the, and when I joined the gym, I, I upped my commitment. I said, okay, I'm gonna try to work out six days a week. Um, and then what? I started, yeah, so, like I was just feeling so good, right? Like I was yeah. just like, I have energy, like I feel amazing, like I feel like my old self, like I don't feel yeah. so old and, you know, so <laughs> I, I just, I really wanted to, I don't know, dive right into it. So once I joined the gym, yeah. that's probably when I started kicking it up a notch and started, you know, realizing that I was getting stronger and I could lift more weights and so then it just, I, I sort of haven't uh, looked back since then, really. So as of now, what's your personal record for squats, deadlifts, and bench press? Uh, so I I don't bench press. I don't do any um, pressing, like uh, okay. chest workouts at all right now because I had a shoulder injury. Oh. Um, so... I'm still sort of rehabbing my shoulder, um, mm. but I've definitely got my body weight before on a on a mm. chest press. So that would be around like I'm I don't know somewhere around 160 or so pounds. 
Um, my deadlift, I don't really push that much. Um, I'd say I routinely do uh, 225, somewhere around there. Um, but I don't really push it that much. I don't know. That is not pushing it out. That's a lot. <laughs> That's like almost double body weight. So, but okay. Yeah, probably about one and a half times body weight for that, <laughs> for squat. Um, yeah, so. That is that is crazy. So, um, and then I uh, I remember when I earlier reached out to you, uh, you were helping people like start their own uh, lifting journey. What made you decide to do that? So when I did start my fitness journey again, I had a lot. I I shared a little bit just on my Facebook and that sort of thing. And um, you know, I had a lot of people that just would reach out to me and be like, "Oh my God." this is awesome. Like you're inspiring me to do it too, you know, and, and asking me questions and things like that. Mm -hmm. And the more the, like the longer I did it and the more consistent I was and the more, I guess I saw changes and things like that. People mm -hmm. would ask me more and more. Wow. So it got to a point where I was like, well, I don't really want to tell people the wrong thing. So like, I'm going to try to educate myself. So that's when I decided to take uh, the personal trainer course. And that was really just like for my own information and just so that I was a knowledgeable source for people. How, <laughs> how was that course? It was pretty good. Um, I took the um, CanFit Pro one. And so it was pretty easy. Like we had, we were, I was able to squeeze it in on weekends. So it was, it was good. Yeah, it was, mm. uh, I guess, how many years ago? I think uh, four years ago or so I took mm. that course yeah wow. so and um then you know you we when we talked um you were helping people on the journey what are some things you noticed with the people you worked with um i've definitely noticed that a lot of people it's not necessarily fitness that is the problem um there's a lot of other things that tie into, you know, being healthy. And that's what I'm more focused on now is um, like a more holistic approach to wellness and fitness. Mm -hmm. So it's often not that they can't exercise. It's that they, uh, you know, maybe they have limiting beliefs that they'll fail or something if they start, mm -hmm. or maybe they're struggling with food that may, that's, that's a big one. A lot of people, they just don't know how to eat healthy anymore or don't know how to sort of prioritize things when they're juggling kids and work and, you know, taking care of themselves. A lot of people, they have a lot of uh, unresolved trauma and that's, mm -hmm. you know, still affecting them in ways that they don't even know. So I guess the, the more I get into this and the more I work with people, the more I realize it's so multifaceted. So that's sort of what I'm trying to do now is mm. uh, I just took a behavior change. <laughs> I can see my cats running around in the background. Um, I just took a behavior change specialist course. Um, I just took a diabetes exercise specialist course and I'm now taking a natural nutrition course. So I'm really looking forward to like sort of being able to cover all the aspects, not just you know, here's a workout pro program. Good luck, sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and why is that important for you? Because I know for uh, for myself, like when yeah. I started working out, it coincided with really a, a change in my life. So 
it wasn't just that I started working out. It was that I decided to prioritize myself, my mental health, my physical health, you know, my emotional health. It all sort of happened at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh. it's like this holistic view of like getting better inside and out. Yeah, I think it I think often you can start in one aspect, but it has to dribble out and sort of it has to you have to tend to all the areas or else whatever changes you make aren't going to stick, you know, and that's oh. the ultimate goal is to like be able to pick up a new habit and do it for the rest of your life. Like that's mm-hmm. that's my goal anyways, is I want to keep lifting weights when I'm 80. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like, did you fall in love with leaving weights, lifting weights and lifting heavy weights, like once you got into it? Or was it difficult at all? I mean, obviously it's difficult, but like, did you have any, I guess, apprehension with doing it? No, and I think I had the benefit of I have been active before, so I remembered what it felt like, and I missed it. Like, I missed it so bad, just the feeling of being in shape, the feeling of being strong, the feeling of just feeling good and mm. having energy and feeling capable and, like, empowered. So mm. I missed that, and I really felt, like, not, like, the same person when I wasn't like that. So mm-hmm. for me, it was more reclaiming what I lost, but... For somebody that hasn't done that before, you know, they may not even know what that feels like and how amazing Mm. it is, right? So, but that's kind of the exciting part is that as you start getting stronger, you feel empowered. You feel when you lift something that's twice as heavy as you, you're like, dang, (laughs) like, I'm like badass. This is, I'm strong. And, and And you feel like, okay, if I can do that, then, you know, the next challenge that comes up in my life, whether it has anything to do with fitness or not, maybe I can overcome that. You know, like maybe I'm capable of more than I thought I was. So I find it really empowering um, in all aspects of my life. Like, you know, if I feel strong and I can overcome things in the gym, I can probably do it in real life too, you know? Mm-hmm. So. And most of the people you work with, are they female or male? Female. Okay. Yeah. Um, is there any particular Exclusively reason? female. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why? Like, is there any specific reason why um, those are the people you prefer working with? Well, that's the people that reach out to me. So I think they see themselves in me probably, you know. Mm. If I can do it, then they can do it. So, mm. you know, I'm a mom. I'm a single mom now. Like, I share custody, but, like, I'm taking care of my kids by myself when they're here. Um I, I work, you know, I, so like, if I can do it, anybody can do it. I'm not Mm -hmm. special in any way. Right. And if, um, I believe also there's just a, a way to make it work, even if you're busy, even if you're a mom and, and I think the moms too are the worst for, um, putting other people ahead of themselves. So, you know, I think they need it the most. They need that, um, that they need something for themselves they need to prioritize themselves so yeah i was actually going to ask you that question before you mentioned that where and you know just like from my mom you know and like the friends that have children or are married you can kind of see that it's just it's almost just always that way where 
they need to make sure the kids are okay if they have a partner the partner is okay then they'll like you know kind of put themselves last and um i guess my question with that would be what way would they like what would be the best approach to reframe that uh i guess order of priority to reframe um like if someone's just starting yeah so it's sort it depends on the person and it depends on what i guess where they're currently at what they're um doing really good at and what they maybe need help with and that will be different for every person um i just started like um an indigenous wellness women's group that um, i'm really focusing on four different sort of areas of of wellness and trying to um, split everything that i teach them into those four like categories it's sort of based on the medicine wheel um idea what of was the medicine wheel so the medicine wheel is um it's a circle and, and it's divided into four and it it represents a lot of different things it can represent the four traditional colors which is red white black yellow those colors also uh, represent four different stages in your life oh. they also represent um like the four directions it, they can represent a lot of different things but um again it's really looking at it holistically that you're you're not um just your physical self right like that's not the only if if you get really good shape you could still be miserable you could still be unhappy because you have a lot of other things going on mentally or mm -hmm. spiritually that you know haven't been dealt with so um there's the physical part of it which would be like obviously your your activity level your strength your nutrition so what you're fueling your body with um your posture your mobility like all those sort of things mm -hmm. then there would be i divided up i put sort of mental and emotional together so for me, that may be where you have some unresolved trauma, um, some limiting beliefs, so, uh, like negative self-talk that you're doing to yourself all the time, you know, things like that, that you really have to peel away the layers and, and try to figure out, you know, what's holding you back that you may not, it may all be in your subconscious and you may not even be aware of. Mm -hmm. So that's one category. Then the next would be uh, environmental, I call it. So these are like your relationships with your community, with um, your your family, your friends, um, mm. even like social media and what you're letting influence your life and you know everything that um, you're taking in every day and what you're putting out to the world as well. So that would be sort of environmental. And, and your connection with nature and, and that sort of thing. So there's a lot of healing um, medicine in just being out in nature. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last would be spiritual. And that is different for every person. But as you go through and as you heal, uh, you know, and hopefully sort of get out of that just surviving sort of place <laughs> that a lot mm -hmm. of us are in and you start growing, then that spiritual uh, part is also huge. And just um, personally, that's where I've been. I've been on a definitely a reconnecting spiritual journey over the last year, and it's been amazing. It's just, um, 
you know, I've, I've grown so much as a human being in the last year because I've had the time to focus on that and I've been in a safe place to focus on that. So mm -hmm. for me, I'm Indigenous, I'm Mi'kmaq, so really it's been me reconnecting to my culture and learning and uh, just, yeah, just there's just the connection there that, that may have been just not the strongest before. So, but if you're not Indigenous, that may be a lot of different things. You know, spirituality is different for everybody. So those are the, the different areas anyways, and just trying, so if I was just meeting with someone for the first time, I'd probably try to figure out what areas they're doing a really good job in and what areas they're like neglecting mm. and then figure out where we can start. Mm, mm, mm. That is actually really, really deep. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you mentioned, you, well, you mentioned your indigenous Amigma and you're reconnecting with your culture um how do you i guess navigate or handle things like what happened with the fisher uh men in degree yeah um it's you know if you're indigenous and a lot of other bipoc communities quite frankly like it's not just us that deal with it you're dealing with a lot um all the time i guess and the fisheries made it into the media. So I feel like most people know about that, but there's so many things that happen all the time that don't make it to the media and that really only indigenous people are aware that's happening and we're seeing it. And it's just like a constant supply of trauma, I guess, just, uh, you know, a, a lot. Um, and like I said, this is not unique just to our community. I know like there was so much going on with the black lives matter movement and now it's asian hate like you know it's not it's it's a lot of different communities deal with this but um we've been dealing with it here for uh, well ever since contact really and i'm happy that things are finally getting out into the media because the mainstream um society is finally realizing oh there's that they're not being treated very well you know mm -hmm. um and i think it's forcing some accountability um but there's so much work to do. I'm kind of excited though. Like I feel like things are really bad and right now because so many, I think this is the world in general, uh, so many um, people, I don't know, their, their true colors are coming forward. So people that you may not have known were racist or just ignorant or, you know, uneducated on certain matters and things. It's like, it's all coming to light, but, um, I'm also really excited because as a Mi'kmaq person, I finally see us making big moves. So, um, you know, we finally have people sitting at the table. We finally have people out there that are, are fighting. Uh, well, we've always had people fighting, but like, it just feels like there's more now. And it feels mm -hmm. like there's people that um, are, are, finally in positions of some power like you know 50 years ago we didn't really have lawyers we didn't have mps we didn't have you know we weren't allowed <laughs> it was illegal uh you lost your status if you if you wanted to be a lawyer or you know any any you got any distinction like that you weren't considered native anymore you lost your status so like that is insane it, yeah so we we weren't allowed uh to fight right for our own rights and just um so it's an exciting time for me because i feel like we're, we're making big moves like just the fact that we bought clearwater is like that was a 
big boss move. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, so mm -hmm. big things are happening. So in a way, I'm excited, but it's always, you know, discouraging. Like sometimes when you, you're, you're just reading all the hate, uh, watching the violence, watching nobody do anything about it, you know, law enforcement, you're, you're just like, why do they hate us? And, you know, it gets really discouraging, but you got to mm -hmm. just uh, take care of yourself and just keep focusing on the bigger picture that th these things are all going to make a difference mm -hmm. in the long run. And like, hopefully our children will, will be in a much better place. They won't have to deal with this. That's what I hope anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, you're right. You know, you can see the changes and you can see, as you mentioned, the big boss moves that, that is great. But you mentioned something when you answered that question and that was like, um, well, not this question, but like, couple of questions back where you mentioned that the things we put out especially on social media um uh, that makes sense because like especially your captions are so striking like the images and the videos is like it's amazing because this person is doing these really really cool things but but to me the captions that stand out what is the process when it comes to writing those captions on your instagram specifically um, I feel like what I've been sharing lately is probably more reflective of just the journey that I've been on. So like, probably a year ago, I would have been it would have been more superficial, superficial, my captions, like, here's a workout, you know, this is awesome. But now it's like, I'm sharing more my own growth, I guess, or just trying to encourage people to do the same. So um, I guess it's just a reflection of where I'm at in the journey that I'm on currently in in mm -hmm. Like I said, it's been a huge, this past year has been a huge uh, growth year for me. Like things, um, I, I feel huge changes. So so I think it's just a reflection of that. Mm. It's so personal and so vulnerable. Uh, is it scary at all? Um, I guess that's one thing that I have got over recently, uh, or I guess one thing that I've been very conscious to try to do. So I find if you are more vulnerable and honest, um, people will relate to you better because, um, you know, if I just post workout videos where like I, all my hair is all in place and I have makeup on and I'm just lifting big weights and I'm like, this is fun. Like, you, I don't know, not everybody's going to relate to that. Mm. So, um, because not everybody is there. <laughs> but if I, um, if I post about how I had a bad day, or like my, I don't know, my kids are driving me crazy, or I just, I'm struggling with losing someone or dealing with, you know, things like that, that everybody mm -hmm. deals with, then I think it's more relatable. I, and something that I've really tried to be conscious of just personally, not just on social media, but just in general, is just being honest of where I'm currently at. So if somebody asks me like, how are you today? I'd be like, today's not a good day. I am struggling, you know, like, you know, and not to try to elicit sympathy, just mm. to be honest, like, this, I'm having a hard day today. Like tomorrow's probably going to be better, but today's bad. <laughs> and just just being bluntly honest, I guess, is uh, and unpol unapologetic. Like if I'm, you know what I mean. Wherever I'm at is where I'm at. And I think people, I don't know. I think they they uh, 
they take that differently. You know, it, it's not as superficial. Like you could just meet someone on the street and be like, how are you? Good, good. Even mm -hmm. if you're both having the worst day ever mm -hmm. and then go about your, your, your day. Mm -hmm. But if you're honest, then, you know, it's going to strike something different in that person that maybe they'll, maybe you'll have a deeper conversation. Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll be honest with somebody the next time. Maybe they'll reach out. And I don't know, every time that I, I, I'm honest, if I'm struggling, I have mm -hmm. someone, at least one person, usually more, reach out to me and be like, I went through that. I haven't talked to anybody about this before. This is what happened to me. Like, and even people I know, and I mm -hmm. did not know they were going through something that they, like big, that they went through. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. I think it just, by example, sort of opens the door for other people to share their experiences too. So I've been trying yeah. to do that more. <laughs> do, you, do you, is that uh, your approach with everyone or just select people? Um, I, I guess if, if I didn't know you, I probably wouldn't say that because I probably don't want to get into a conversation with you. I guess if I know you, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then how do you now handle people reaching out to you and, and you know, and saying that they've experienced something similar and, and stuff like that? I, I just talk to them. So, mm -hmm. um, and I find it very, it helps me as much as it helps them, I think. So mm -hmm. some of the really like uh, low points, like sometimes um, it's usually my blogs and I haven't blogged lately, um, but it, it was usually my blogs that I would share the sort of the, the deeper, um, you know, struggles that I was going through. And it's number one, it was healing for me to write them and just mm -hmm. get it out. Number two, when people would reach out to me and tell me about what they went through, like it was heavy, but at the same time, then I wasn't alone either. <laughs> so mm. it, it was just as healing for me, I think, as it was for them. So mm. yeah, it, it always helped. Yeah, so. It's a good thing you mentioned your blog because I was going to bring that up. Uh, why did you stop writing? So, well, I write my blog when I need to. So mm. um, if thing, I don't write it just because I have to, I guess. So things uh you know when they're bad i guess i write more <laughs> and um and also i'm redoing my website so i've sort of i took it down for the time being and i'm building a new website uh for the new business that i'm launching so um i will probably pick it back up once i get that going yeah well I, you know i mentioned this kind of in passing with your instagram and being vulnerable but like, you know, Instagram, sure, you can write a lot, but like, you know, it's just, you know, a tiny section, but your blogs is like paragraphs and paragraphs of like really personal stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Do you ever like, be like, maybe I shouldn't put this out there or, you know, you just pull it out there and press uh, publish. Do, oh, do With I your ever blogs. Um, Anytime I'm writing something that was really personal i write it and then i wait on it like oh. i wait on it and then usually a day and then i go back to it and then i'll i'll make changes if something you know uh was too 
angry or too, <laughs> you know, I, my mom gave me that advice. She was like, never send something or write something or, you know, she was talking about like emails or <laughs> messages or something like that when you're angry, like let, write it, wait 24 hours and revisit it. And uh, so I do that a lot. And I've written so many angry messages to people and then waited and then reread it and then wrote something very nice and sent that. <laughs> no, no, it's true. It's a great approach. And, and I do that too. Like, especially like I try, you know, I sometimes I even do it when I'm talking because, you know, when you're chatting or typing or whatever, you have the option to wait before you press send. You can like delete. So sometimes when I'm talking to someone, I kind of do the writing in my head and think it through before I talk. And it seems like I'm super slow, but I'd rather be super slow than say something I'll regret. Because I find that when you're angry, no matter what you say, it's always going to be the wrong thing, right? Yeah. And if you just wait it out, you find out that, you know, maybe even isn't worth saying that thing at all, you know? Yeah, no, I've, uh, you know, for, I don't know, some simple examples is like when I left my last job and they weren't treating me well. And, you know, they, uh, w the first letter that I wrote to say, no, I'm not coming back was quite stern and snarky. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second one that I wrote back was really professional and extra nice like almost so nice that you know what i mean they wouldn't have believed mm. it but like I, I was like yeah like it's just not worth burning bridges right even yeah, if someone yeah. does you wrong and treats you badly it's not worth it and it's better to be the the person that takes the higher ground so <laughs> i agree completely and that, that's always my approach right like if i'm angry i don't see shit uh, shit i'd rather just walk away and think it through before I say something. Uh, you mentioned your new business. Tell me a little bit more about that. So um, as I said, I've been like taking these courses that I'm really excited about. And I think I'm going to really be able to help people on on so many more levels now than mm. than what I could do just as a personal trainer. Mm. So um, I'm actually currently off work right now um, and it, since COVID and it's been amazing. It's been absolutely amazing. Like I said, I've grown so much. I've had so much time to just learn and mm -hmm. learn about myself and learn about other, get new skill sets, new, you know, pick up new hobbies, try new things. It's been amazing. So I'm mm -hmm. ready. I'm trying basically now to sort of get everything ready so that when I launch this business, um, I used to be a veterinarian, so I'm not going to go back. <laughs> I'm going to go in, dive right into the wellness uh, field. And I say wellness because, like I said, I want to address more than just uh, fitness now. So, I, I mean, I still want to help people with that. But for the people that need more, I'll be able to give more. Right. So um, I'm getting it ready now. Like I'm working on my website. I'm working on programs i'm working i'm getting like i said i'm just finishing now my natural nutrition course and things like that so then when i'm ready to launch um then hopefully i'll, I'll have everything in place and yeah i'm really excited about it i uh, i really want to work a lot with my own community with the indigenous community mm -hmm. we really don't have um you know, a lot, I don't know, there's just so many gaps in, in the, the health and wellness 
things that are available for us. And really, a lot of things aren't designed specifically for us. So I want to do that. Um, but I also know I'll be able to help people who aren't Indigenous as well, you know, um, knowing that the, the, the lens that I am approaching wellness through also is an Indigenous lens. But I think, I think everyone can benefit from that. There's so many good um, morals, values, just like our culture in general is just it's it's based on like gratitude and helping people and and it's i think the world just needs more of it <laughs> you know oh, like oh god right now yes it does it does yeah, it does i think it's something we can all benefit from so i'm sure i'll help uh, other people as well what are some services you see you'll be offering through this business so I hope to be able, like I said, I do want to work with my own community. So I'm hoping that I'll be able to align with um, some bands, some um, not businesses, but more organizations, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so that's sort of the stage that I'm in right now is trying to reach out and figure out who I can partner with. Mm -hmm. um, but then I'm also going to be offering like just one-on-one -on -one, uh, client work. And like I said, that could be more the physical side that could be more um, the diabetes side that could be more uh, the nutrition side or the behavior change side um, you know whatever people need and then mm -hmm. I also hope to move towards um, I'm doing like a group program right now sort of a beta trial group so I also hope to be doing those where you know maybe people that can't afford the one-on-one -on -one coaching they can you know opt for one of these groups that it may not still be exactly tailored towards them, but they'll still get a lot of the, the information plus like a community support type thing with other people mm. that are in the groups. Yeah. So, and then I also hope to do like uh, just workshops and keynotes and things like that. Yeah, I know that's cool. Yeah. I'm actually thinking of doing, well, not thinking, I'm planning a. Uh, some kind of uh, seminar, but it's going to be online, virtual seminar uh, down there. Yeah, I'm going to reach out to you about that for sure. Because uh, I need it. Uh, but then talking of that, you know, with this new business and working with the bands and groups and individuals, is it still going to be the same approach um, of working with just females or? Not necessarily if it grows. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, I I think it's been more that I've worked with females just because that's who's uh, reached Reach out, out to me. Yeah. Um, but and obviously I can relate probably better to them, you know, on a lot of, you know, if they're mothers and things like that, like, mm -hmm. you know, but um, that's not to say, you know, our men need need to be healthy too <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's not i'm not gonna necessarily exclude anybody um yeah. but yeah it's it's all just really i'm trying to figure out what people need right now and then mm -hmm. how i can help them um what one of the things uh i don't know if you still do it now but like your earrings you used to make things like that do you still do that yeah so this year i've that's really when I started was this year um, making things because um, I started learning how to fancy shell dance and um, along with that I decided that I was going to make my own regalia so your regalia is the what what outfit you wear when you go dance at a powwow um, and I decided I wanted to do that so I learned how to uh, 
sort of sew to make it. I, I knew how to sew before, but I've never made a regalia before. Mm -hmm. So it was still a really big learning curve. Um, and then I also decided that I was going to bead my accessory set. So your accessory set would be your, your earrings, your headband, your barrette, your um, necklace, your hair ties, things like that. And so I decided I was going to do that too. So then I did learn sort of how to make those. I did this all over COVID. So um, <laughs> I made, yeah, thank goodness for being laid off. Um, I made my whole regalia. So then it's sort of like, I, I just really loved it. I loved, uh, I realized I didn't really have a creative outlet before this. And that was something that was missing too. So when I was younger, like I drew, like I loved making things when I was younger and, mm -hmm. and I just stopped. I don't know why I stopped. So um, yeah, beading, sewing has been amazing. I've made a whole bunch of masks <laughs> over COVID. I've started making like ribbon skirts and yeah, beaded. I did make these ones, beaded jewelry and um, all sorts of things. So it's, it's been amazing. Yeah, no, the earrings look great. I was going to ask if you made those ones too. How much time went into making the earrings, especially this one you're wearing now? It looks very intricate. Yeah, they, they, it takes a long time. Like, I don't know. I don't usually sit and um, do it straight. But, you know, these ones, I think, took a couple days. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Like, I'm one of those people that I'll put in the work if the outcome looks great. And the outcome looks amazing. Yeah, it's very satisfying when you're all done. You're like, ah! <laughs> what is the process of making it do you like draw it out first and 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 how do you spend those days when you're making it it depends so it depends on if you're um like for i made a fanny pack for a friend who uh owns a business called the vault and so for his fanny pack like i i printed out his logo and then I followed the logo um, with the beading design. Um, but like something like this that has a center, this is called like a cab. Then you just beat around it basically. And then you just sort of figure out, like I don't draw it or anything. I just kind of figure out what pattern I want to make. And then each wow. layer you're building on the pattern, right? So it depends which kind you make. Which kind you make. Yeah, it, it, it seems super repetitive, does it? also kind of seem as if you are like meditating while doing it because you're kind of doing this thing over and over and you have to be focused yeah. on it it's amazing it's like addictive and and um it's medicine too like it's it's soothing in a way because you are you have to concentrate or else you mess up mm. but you don't think like all the other things that you think about you know normally your head's running with a million things they don't mm. you don't think about them so mm. it's just like it is like meditating in a way because your head is clear yeah, yeah um yeah. for extended periods of time <laughs> <It's clear. laughs> but yeah. then it's also soothing and meditating it, it is it's like it's like just it's repetitive but it's it's um like it it's also soothing as well so it just it can really calm and clear your mind i guess being a mom, uh, is any of your children interested in any of the things you do? Um, my youngest daughter says she maybe wants to dance. So we'll see oh. if that, we haven't really started with her yet, um, but we'll see. And the other guys do show interest. Like they've helped me. I've had really large mask orders where I had to make like 200 masks or something. And they've helped me with that. 
they also get paid some money, so they're really motivated <laughs> with that. Wait, wait, did you but, say 200 masks? Yeah, like I've had some big orders. Holy smokes, that's a lot. That yeah. is a lot. Yeah, so they've, I think maybe one thing that's really sparked them is like seeing me do things like that. And also the fact that I can make money doing things <laughs> on the side like this. They're like, do you think I could do something? Like, do you think I could make money? <laughs> you know, like I can see wheels turning their head. And yeah, yeah. it's like, it's, it's motivating them in some ways. And also yeah. I've seen like... I don't know, just I think me working out, you know, I'll see them try to do certain things or or do a teeny little workout here or there or like, mom, could I go for a run or, you know, <laughs> things that they didn't do before. So yeah. I think little by little, it's like sort of seeping out into them. <laughs> that is, that is great. Um, you know, last year, COVID happened, things shut down. Like you mentioned, you lost your job but you i guess took that as an opportunity to reflect rediscover yourself uh what led to that um i think there's been a lot of things that have forced me to work on myself so i've had a lot of losses in the last few years um relationship losses um loved ones so i lost my uh, my grandmother, my uncle, um, I loss. lost my father last Christmas. So like just a, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, we, things that are not in my control or, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I guess I've, I've been on a grief journey as well. So like when you're grieving, um, you're forced to take care of yourself, like, you know, cause if you don't, you just, you fall apart. So mm -hmm. I, I've, you know, it's um, taught me a lot, I guess, about myself. Um, I also had a, I was on a bit of a grief journey with my father before I actually lost him. So it, it's like, there's just been a lot of um, pulling back of layers of things that I didn't know that I had to deal with, I guess, for some mm -hmm. things. Um, and, and I've been forced to. So like you grow so much when you mm -hmm. uh, sort of, are, are taken to those really low places and yeah. and then you have to build yourself back up so i think some of it has just been i i had to do that you know and, and so it's it's been really good because like you know there's one thing about sort of being in pieces on the floors you get to pick okay if i'm building myself back up what what do i want to what person do i want to be what do I want to, you know, like, and also when you lose someone, I guess it also makes you reflect on your life and be like, okay, when I'm gone, what are, what am I, what have I done, you know, and what have I, who have I helped? And, you know, what is my story? And, and am I doing things every day to like improve that? Or, if, or am I just getting through the day just to get through the day? You know what I mean? Like, Am I doing things that make me happy? Am I doing things that make other people happy? Am I continually working on myself to grow? You know, you, you just, I guess it makes you reflect a lot. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I mean, and that self-reflection, I think it's something everyone should do. Um, it's just great. And I know like wait till a pandemic to be like, okay, I'm going to take stock of my life now. It's something we should just make it a part of what we do uh, as part of our daily lives, really. Um, so 
you know, I, I want to end, end with this. Now, you know, you're on this journey and you're building this business and you're being a mom. Um, actually, no, not last question, but like, what ways do you, uh, what are the things you do to make all of these things function and still have time for yourself? Like, how do I balance it off? Yeah. Um, well, it's definitely been easier the past year being off. So this is, like I said, it's been the biggest blessing because I really was just working so much. And I always felt like I had a good relationship with my kids, but, um, but I was lacking time. And so my relationship with them has grown so much this year. And I'm so grateful for that. Like, I've Mm -hmm. just got to do things with them that I, I don't know. I just feel like we're more of a team now. Mm -hmm. And, and I think it's because of time. So like we started cooking together, um, you know, cooking more. I started teaching them more about what's in food and, uh, you know, what's healthy, what's not like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we started, I started getting them to do more around the house and just like, I don't know. I just feel like I've had more time to teach them about life. And, um, I just, I didn't really realize we were missing that, I guess. Um, when I was busy all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess moving forward, uh, like when I do start working and things like that, again, like for me, I always have to prioritize my workouts. Like I have to make a plan. Maybe it's at the beginning of the week. Okay, what are my busy, busy days going to be? Um, like what? And I, I prior or I plan my workouts around my schedule. So if I know one day I'm going to have a lot more time. Maybe that's a lifting day that a workout that'll take longer. If I am going to be busy all day, then that's going to be my rest day. Like I'm just going to make that a rest day so I don't have to worry about the workout. Or if I know I have to be somewhere at seven, I get home at five. Maybe I'll do a 30 minute hit workout or something. Like I, I plan my week around whatever else is going on so that I have some sort of plan in order that's realistic, I guess. So Mm -hmm. that's one thing that I did. Um, And I've also been trying to, I guess a lot of planning, plan. Lately, I've been trying to plan to just things to do with the kids Mm -hmm. and things that we're going to work on. And like, okay, I want to like today, later today, because I've been taking my nutrition course, I want to take them shopping and to the bulk barn and stuff and we're going to try to get like new things that we've never cooked with or we've never used before and we're gonna i'm gonna take them and we're gonna do it and we're gonna figure it out together so that they're <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah yeah um so just i guess just try to be conscious and and also a little more um present in every moment so you know when i am hanging out with them just not worrying about a try not to worry about a million other things just focusing mm-hmm. more on being present in every moment so that when i'm with them it's like i'm focusing on them and being with them and not you know everything else in my mind so then i guess if you are more limited in time it's it's quality time not just you're sitting on your phone you know <laughs> hanging out with them and you're not paying attention to them so yeah yeah um okay okay i'll end it with this one though in as few words or sentences as possible, how does someone go from sitting on the couch to lifting or doing hip thrusts with over 400 pounds? Just consistency. <laughs> I'd say one word. You don't have to, and, and patience, I guess. 
consistency and patience. So things don't happen overnight. And I think our society tells us that everything should be instant. And that's just not true. Um, so you have to be patient. You have to trust yourself that you're capable. You have to trust the process that things will change and it will be slow. But as long as you're consistent, that is the only thing your body has the ability to do, you know, the same as anybody else's pretty much. I mean, there's little genetic differences there and that sort of thing. But like, if you just make a plan and you can stick with that plan, even if it's three days a week, but you stick with it for a year, Mm-hmm. You will change. <laughs> you have no option but to change. Yeah. Your body will change. It will get stronger and yeah. you will feel better. And mm-hmm. also, like, once one thing starts changing, when you're, you, then you start paying attention to your body better. And then you start maybe realizing, oh, when I eat this food, it doesn't feel the best. Or my workouts, mm-hmm. I'm sluggish or I feel heavy or things like that. And then it just, you know, you just start getting more and more in tune with your body and yourself. And and then you want to make thing decisions that actually make you feel good, right? Like, Mm -hmm. but yeah, just consistency. There's no trick. It's just consistency. Consistency and and patience. I like that. I like that. Yeah. And yeah, but you were saying something. Yeah, it will. You will change like every single I truly honest to God believe every person is 100 percent capable, even if you have a, an injury, even if you have a concurrent disease, even if you have, you know, whatever it is, there's always a way to train smart. And maybe you need a trainer in that instance, you know, who knows how to for to get you to where you need to be safely without getting injured or making anything worse but there's almost no contraindication to exercise unless you have like a un uh you know an unstable heart condition or you know something like that but like Mm -hmm. if you have diabetes you need to exercise if you're pregnant you need to exercise if you if you're overweight you need to exercise if you know there's there's no reason like every per every single person can benefit from it so and every mm-hmm. single person's capable so i i i truly believe that so it's just we often believe we're not for some reason uh well when you see like uh on your instagram trusting 400 pounds like even you with all your experience after i think you did it like four or five times you could see that it took a lot from you it's scary to watch that <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's a mental game. Every time I get under the bar, I don't really like hip thrust. So for me, every time I am, uh, it's a battle happening up here. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But- Thank you so much, Jason, for coming. You know, I can't wait for the business to uh, be open. And hopefully once you launch, it'll be great to have you back on the sanctuary. Thank you so much. And uh, I, I guess I need to start practicing some consistency and patience myself. Consistency. Well, Alan, thank you for having me. I had a great time. Me too, me too.